Right, you uh, ready to talk some films? Yes. Films and TV, I know it's something you, you've always enjoyed. Why don't, uh, why don't we go ahead and start with some background information about both of us. So, uh, my name is Nathan, and I am joined by my dad. This is going to be our podcast, where we're going to talk about films and television, maybe break down some in, you know, just a fun sense, but uh, otherwise we're just going to kind of generally talk about what we like, what we don't like, and just kind of, uh, you know, have a whale of a time. Yep, that's for sure what we're going to be doing. So and we... I'm Mark. Yep, yeah, that's right. <laughs> of course, they can't call you dad. That just wouldn't work. Would it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll have to see about getting you a, a better microphone sometime as well, but that's neither here nor there. Well, I can look into it. I can look into it. Yeah. If that'll make a difference. I mean, when I do hear you quite well, it sounds great. So I think it's going to be fine. We can always just adjust. Uh, okay how to record stuff in the future, but that's it shouldn't really be a problem. Anyway, um, should we start with a bit of background about, like, uh, kind of how you uh, how you got really, really into films? Yeah. How I got into films? Yeah, yeah, go ahead and just give us a bit of, bit of background information into you, Dad, and, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess I've been... A big fan of movies and uh, films since I was a kid, really. Um, and I bought, uh, I've always watched films. I've always been fascinated by films. And back when I was a kid, there was like only like three channels on TV. And whenever you got to see films, they were always, if it, you know, on TV this is, they were always going to be at least 10 years old. So you got, to, you got two choices for watching films. You either watched a film on TV which was at least 10 years old on one of three channels and so therefore you might get to see an option to see about 10 to 20 films a week or you went to the cinema <clears throat> and watched films which were brand new but I was uh, I was so, super fascinated and I came across this book when I was a kid um, in WH Smith so I don't know if we're do we get paid for saying that? <laughs> no, no, that, uh, no. Placement. We should, <laughs> we should get sponsored for that. Um, so <laughs> I was in New York Smiths and um, I found this. I used to love to go to, on, a, on a Saturday and browse through all the books. And I found this book called Films <clears throat> uh, on TV or like a, like a guide to films on TV, which is like kind of a thick book, which was full of titles of films. And I thought, hey, this is going to give me a chance to look through and browse through and see some films which look appealing to me. So I'm watching out for when they come out on TV and, uh, you know, I can watch them. And I just absolutely loved this book and I, and I became totally fascinated and it just got me more and more interested. And another thing I'd do as a kid, I'd go down to the library, uh, local library, and spend hours in the reference section where they had um, books on, just they had like annual books, year, yearly books on the films that came out each year, going back to, you know, the 50s and 60s. And I used to read through and look at the, I was just, I was just absolutely fascinated by films and I, and I wanted to get to know now, I watched a few films, the few films that I was able to see, um, <clears throat> but I just became very, very fascinated, and, and it kind of started there. And when I got to be um, in the 80s, when I got married, you know, video started to come out, uh, a lot more channels came out, later on we had satellite TV, and then the whole thing exploded, and it just became more and more exciting for somebody like me, who was a movie buff and just wanted access to, to more and more films, and now, of course, just unlimited access. So, it's, so if you start out with such a, you know, you're interested in something, but you have such limited access to it uh, and you go for years in that situation kind of craving watching more and more of this art form and then all of a sudden you, 
you know, culture changes, the society changes and technology changes and all of a sudden you've got access to thousands and thousands and thousands. I mean, almost one a day, more than that, actually, more than one film a day has been released as as I speak, you know, when I, I've been, has been for quite some time. So many films have been released these days. Mm. It's just an endless source of, uh, of just fun stuff. So kind of that, that's, that's kind of my background and how I've got into films. What about yourself, Nathan? Well, uh, being your son, naturally you uh, you had quite an influence over me growing up, you and mum especially, and um, what I've always found interesting was, because um, I, I remember we used to love just having a family movie night, we'd always just watch kind of films together and stuff, whether it was all of us or just like you, me, mum, or you, me, or just me and mum, depending on what the film was, because uh, mum particularly, she... Uh, Back when we used to watch film when I was younger, she would always like uh, like show me the scarier kind of films. Not that you didn't like the scary films, but there were there were some that you know might maybe you were just like ah, I just I don't really want to watch that again, or ah, it's, it's it's got too many jump scares kind of stuff, which is fair enough. I feel like too many jump scares can really ruin a film. It's just kind of it's just a cheap gimmick, isn't it? But uh, but I know with you, you yeah. like you like the more um, I mean, you've got such a broad sense of what you really really enjoy at, about films, and there's always something that you can get out of every single film that you've ever seen. And uh, and quite frankly, I mean, your your extensive knowledge of uh, of different actors and different kind of roles. You've got different directors. You you could even recognize scenery and stuff. It's just it's just so fascinating to hear. I remember when you um when you used to run your your DVD cafe, and uh, you know anybody would come in and they go, oh, I'm looking for this this film. It's got you know Joaquin Phoenix in or something, and you would you'd be able to list off just like numerous films. Like oh, he was he was good in this one. He was good in this one. And you just you're able to help these people. And it was it was just so incredible to see, and I'm like, wow, he's just he could tell. Well, I mean, like you like you put it best, you're such a movie buff, and that uh, it's it's really rubbed yeah. off on me in years, because uh, you know, I I like to believe I like many different genres. I don't like every single genre of film. Like I could I could skip some, you know, for the rest of my life, and I wouldn't feel like I'd missed out, because some of them just yeah. feel very very samey these days. That's the only problem with having so many films coming out all the time now or even television shows another great example the fact that the market is just becoming so there's no real original good ideas you know you're really lucky if you find one that you're like oh wow this is this has really kept me going but i, I do try to keep an optimistic mind when watching films and be like oh well look it might feel cliche it might feel like it's been done before but sometimes you you get a little surprised, and sometimes you're like, well, you know what? They did it really well. They did it different enough that you still can enjoy it. And uh, you know, some some people can really can really surprise you, which is why I always believe it's good to check out stuff, even if it feels like it's going to be exactly the same that you've seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which which speaking of genres, which are which are your favourite genres? Ah, uh, if um, would you say? If I had to, hmm, that is a tough one. There's quite a few. Like I suppose the ones that I, I like the most. Which are your favourite genres? Um, so it's it's quite tough for me to pick a favourite. I find that to be a very normal thing in my life because I do try to be, uh, very easily pleased, which is a is very true if you know me. But if I did have yeah. to pick, I would pick probably ones that I do tend to gravitate towards which tend to be more along the lines of like uh, uh, sci-fi, fantasy are probably ones I heavily lean into. Other than that, yeah. I do enjoy... That, I mean, who, who doesn't like a good comedy? You know, even if it's not a, a great comedy, it could be like a B comedy, it could be a shit comedy, but sometimes sometimes those give you great laughs, so I do enjoy comedy. Uh, 
especially depending on who's in it. But you know, that's personal taste, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah I think action, action's always a good shout. You know, sometimes you're just in the mood to watch a Mission Impossible or a Lethal Weapon or something like that. You know, Die Hard. Those are just you know the stereotypical action franchises, which uh, you know, although they they do repeat after a while, they're still entertaining to watch. So I think those would be if yeah. I had to like say my top three, those would probably be the top three. Right. Well, for me, it would be. I mean, sci-fi probably is my favorite genre. Um, uh, I also like uh, biopics, uh, mm. films of people's people's lives, stories about people's lives. Yeah, uh, that's kind good. of a fan of those as well. I also like fantasy, like yourself, uh, and and horror. Uh, but uh, action, actually, not is one of my least favorite genres. Oddly right. enough, but I, do, I mean, I'll watch an action film, and there are some action films out there that that I really enjoy, and, I, and sometimes I'm in the mood for certainly mm. an action adventure kind of movie. Oh, definitely. Um, and I like superhero movies, which tend to be very much, mm. you know, filled with action. But generally speaking, there's a lot of like, like kind of violent action films that I'm not I'm not mad about. Not like, for example, um, the Speed series. What is it? The um, <laughs> not the Speed series. What's it called? Yeah, I was about Fast to say, that's Furious. not very violent. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. No, no, it's not, it's not violent. It's just, it just, I've never watched it because it just doesn't appeal. It's not even the violence thing, it's just, it doesn't appeal. It's, sometimes films, as you say, not, not just in the action genre, but sometimes films can get very formulaic. I think mm. this is a problem for superhero movies. I, I'm a fan, yep. as you know, I've always been a fan of comics since being a kid. So, I, so I'm, I'm a fan of superhero movies um, to a very large extent, but, but they, they're getting very formulaic, even more. Mm. As we go along, we're becoming very samey. You know, it's the same right. story, watching in different costumes and different characters, and it's it's getting a little bit tiresome. Yeah. So I'm not, yeah. I'm less interested in that. Thrillers are good as well. I'm a big fan of thrillers, especially thrillers, psychological yeah. thrillers. Oh yeah, um, I, and I like I, I like the oldies. What, what me and your mum have in common because me and mum have got three somewhat different tastes, as you, as you know. And as he's saying, she's like she's big on the horror, and she likes she likes the mm. gore as well, and she likes murder kind of mysteries and that kind of stuff. That's where, where I get that we, taste from. We overlap. Yeah, absolutely. Well, where we overlap, we try to find stuff that we both like. Uh, the places where we intersect, our tastes intersect. Would be horror, but I'm I'm more into... I'm interested in paranormal horror, like ghostly horror. Not yeah. the, I don't like the slasher stuff. I get that. Um, and then uh, and then the oldies. Like, I just like the classic. I like classic movies, film noir. Oldies, but goldies, yeah. It can be anything. It can be anything. It can be comedy. Like you said, I, I'm a big fan of comedies as well. I'll watch comedy. Anytime, but I think that's yeah. I've got a fairly, as you say, I've got a fairly broad taste. But if there, if I was going to pick out some specific ones, it would probably be sci-fi, biopic, and um, probably the the ghost kind of films, that yeah. kind of thing, or the superhero films. Yeah, I, I get that. It's it's crazy, isn't it? Because um, because when when we really, especially because you brought up superhero, like back in the day, that wasn't really a, a genre. You know, it wasn't so big enough that you could classify it. I think it just kind of fell under different categories depending on what direction it really leaned into. I think it was more like fantasy still. And uh, yet now it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a normal thing. You, you're right, it is basically a genre these days. It's because of the lack of the, back in the day, the reason why it, it wasn't a big thing back in the day is because they just didn't have the technology or sophistication. So they'd make, mm -hmm. you know, if you watch, there's a Spider-Man movie from the, from the, I think it's the 90s, 80s or 90s, I think it was 80s or 90s, uh, one of the first Spider-Man movies. Uh, is it the, uh, the Sam Raimi and, and ones with Tobey Maguire? Or before that? No, no, no. Before, before that, long before oh, okay. that. Okay. Okay. That, about a decade or so before that, they made a Spider-Man movie. And it was a TV movie, ah, but it was just right. so cheesy. 
the special effects were so cheesy. You know, it's the best, but it's the best they could do. So, so part of the reason why you didn't have that superhero genre, well, it wasn't so big prior to, let's say, 2000. Um, and, and Marvel struggled. You know, they struggled to kind of make bring themselves because they're, they're a perfect fit for the for this. You know, for the cinema screen, but they Quite struggled right. to get. You know that even that they tried for decades, but they struggled and they really were struggling. You know, and they actually went bankrupt at one point. And, and part part of the reason for that is that just the the technology wasn't there to to mm -hmm. to be able to show the full effect, the full sense of the, the fantasy that comes in comics that makes comics fun and yeah. enjoyable. But it is now. Quite right. Yeah, it's, it's quite incredible because uh, I think another great way of talking about formulaic because uh, especially with Marvel being so I mean so well known these days, whether whether they're well liked or not depends on the person and stuff. But um, but the fact that they are now owned by Disney and they have such big funding and backing, and you know they're making just constant yeah. television shows, they're making like four films a year and stuff. They're putting out so much more content than they used to be able to, which and quite frankly, a lot of it is really good. But like you say, it does feel formulaic at one point where it's like, you know that, you know, there's going to be a hero, there's going to be a villain, there's going to be stuff in between. But ultimately, it's it's always that same recipe, you know, and there might be growth, there might be new characters and stuff, but it's always going to be the same recipe no matter what kind of superhero film it is. It's or or even television shows, it's, it's, it's just always that same recipe, which is, you know, can still be entertaining to watch, but it's true where you're like, nothing's really going to change. Absolutely, and it is you know you get it gets tiresome after a while because you start thinking well it's the same story. What, what I find interesting in so you know one of my favourite um, superheroes is Spider Man. Mm. Well, he's my favourite superhero um, since being a kid. And what I find interesting is nowadays is comparing um, the different iterations of the Spider Man because it's been rebooted so many times the franchise. Absolutely, and not even including the one that I mentioned there. Yeah, that's you know, right. Um, and so that would have been hilarious the if they put him in it. Oh, yeah. Well, like, the guy must be ancient now. I can't even remember who played the part. Yeah, but, but, but I, mean, anyway, I mean, it was... Um, well, we, we saw, so we saw the latest Spider-Man, and it was good to see, um, yeah. wasn't it, a couple of weeks ago, when we yeah. the three, at least the three reboot characters, the three actors yeah. all, all kind of being used. And that, that was quite fascinating. I think it is interesting to compare the, the, um, the approaches that each mm. each reboot or each director or each production crew has taken yeah um to the series quite right and then even even different villains from i mean the idea for that one i think was was much better it was far more inclusive and then they're still keeping it with the whole they're trying to you know start beginning their new phases so they can start focusing on like bigger baddies and bring in more characters i like the i like the direction they take it i like the way they, they especially the film itself felt it was really entertaining to watch. Could have had a little bit more interaction between the Spider-Men, in my opinion. But, you know, it, it just it felt a little lackluster where they're like, oh, hey, just uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it at this point, it's ridiculous. Just opens up a portal. Oh, and conveniently, you get both the Peter Parkers just like just like that. And then it's just all nonchalant and chill. But like you're, you're more than halfway through the film at this point. It's like, well... They're not really bringing too much more to it. Like, yeah, you're going to get a great scene. You're going to get some great fight with it. But that's that's kind of all that's bringing to it, which was a it was, it was a bit of a shame. They couldn't have been a little bit more based on on their own personal growth and their battles. But the, even the fact that I think Tobey Maguire was probably the fan favorite to come back, sadly, compared to Andrew Garfield, even though they both were 
great Spider-Man in their own different ways, just like how Tom Holland is yet again another great Spider-Man, but in his in his own distinct way, because he's like a younger guy, and you can tell that they're all different versions of Spider-Man, just like how there's different versions of Spider-Man in the, the older comics, because you've got like the Amazing Spider-Man, the Ultimate Spider-Man, the Spider-Man, and then there's, it just... It gets it gets so confusing after a point. The amount of different Spider Men and Spider Verses and this, that, the other. But I do appreciate the fact that, like you said, they they were able to make a really good film out of it, and I'm glad they didn't do any recasting. I think that was probably the biggest thing for me, keeping everybody yeah basically the way they were, which was which was great. Honestly, really good for them to do that. Yeah, me too. Me too. No, I think it was good that they did that. They they tipped a nod to those earlier, um, yeah. earlier versions. As, as we discussed anyway, I think for me, out of those, out of the most recent franchises of, the, of this millennium, should we say, um, the Tobey Maguire one was the one for me, which is I like the best, probably because it it was pleasantly surprising. I remember when you were a kid when we were in the states when we watched it on uh, when it came out when it first came yeah. out. It, it was pleasantly surprising to me because it was it was quite excited because it was actually quite close to the comic, the most yeah. close to the comic I'd seen. Any um, it felt you know, like so to that the point, technology was finally there. It might not have been like perfect to everybody, but quite frankly, it was one of the best superhero films because you know it was like oh my god we've actually reached a stage where we can do superhero and we can do it well. And it, it, it just felt right. I, I, I agree. The Tobey Maguire, all three of them, quite frankly, I I really enjoyed those. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Yeah. I'm trying to find the uh, the details. I'm on IMDb as we speak, and I'm trying to find so the I think details. It was, um, I think it was Sam Raimi who... Dire- I don't know if he directed all three of the Tobey Maguire well, ones. No, no, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi directed the, um, the Tobey Maguire one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I don't know if he directed all I'm three really- of the Tobey Maguire ones. No, he might not have done, but I'm looking for the one that preceded that. I'm looking for the TV movie I was referring yeah. to earlier, so I can give you a bit more detail on that. Mm. Uh, but it's hard to find. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be fascinated <laughs> to know. IMDb, because there's so much <laughs> like Spider-Man stuff out there. That's true. There is tons anyway, of it. Anyway. I mean, they even had, like, older television shows with Spider-Man, I think, back in, like, the 90s as well. Animated series. Yeah, and I think, well, the TV movie what I was talking about was based on the TV the live action TV series, which again, it was even though it's kind of cheesy, not very good special effects, it mm. was still brilliant to us because we had nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> there was not, there was nothing, nobody had attempted to make, apart from cartoons, there was no, there'd be mm. no attempt to make, to kind of really make movies out of Marvel. Quite right. Quite right. So, uh, so yeah, cartoons gave them such well. a great medium to even, to even try to fill in those gaps until they could actually start doing proper live action. Because, I mean, now it's just, like, yeah. DC, Marvel, like, just constantly putting out stuff now. It's it's so different compared to, like like you said, back then, where if anything did come out, you know, it it, it was going to be... Like, like he, I think another great example is, uh, is the Adam West days when he was Batman. Hilariously yeah. cheesy. Obviously not great, like, special effects and stuff. But for the time, it was just like, oh, my God, we have we have a comic book character... Played by this, you know, like Adam West, who obviously, you know, later on in his life became like such an icon and a you know, legend. Like, who didn't know Adam West? But even back then, he was, it, it was just such an unbelievable thing for such a high, a high, I don't know how much of a high role actor he was back then, but I can imagine, you know, he, he must have still done quite a few things at that time. And then they're like, yeah, let's get Adam West to play Batman. 
And it was just it was just unheard of to get such an amazing role in like that. I, I mean, a anybody who's anybody that knows Batman, that knows Adam West, they they remember all that. It's just it's just incredible. But you're right; it was a very different yeah. time. Yeah, and it generally was, and, and again, that's so that that is a good example of um, I think something. Again, in my opinion, even though it was very very cheesy, it mm. was it was a comic, it was a comic adaptation to TV or to film, which yeah. actually worked really well because yeah. it was it was um, it was silly, but it was it was somewhat loyal to the comic, and uh, yeah, it just it was it was it was bringing these comics to life in a, in a quite a successful way, even though it was again it was it was very silly, obviously it's very silly and very cheesy. Yeah, oh, it was it was definitely silly and cheesy. I mean, they did the the, the typical comic book like pow, like the the I, I don't know what they call them, like the little ah uh, like interjection screen pop up things whenever they like you know would hit yeah. a bad guy or something. It was just it's just hilarious, but it's you know it made it feel like it was it was you know oh, this is meant to be silly, goofy. It's a comic book. Obviously, it's not taken seriously, but they they really played into that, and I I thought that was just the right way to do it. And yeah, and, so and there's a, yeah. Oh, so sorry, sorry. You you carry on. No, no. I was going to say that that's another example of um, Batman is another example of a, a great kind of comic book superhero that's been there have been so many variations of it over the decades. That's quite so going right. back from the six, and it, even before the sixties, you know, the Batman was was uh, even back to the forties. There was a Batman. There was a Batman serial. It's it's oh, very wow. different. I mean, Batman character did exist back then, but it's a it's a and he and he's got this kind of the cape and stuff like that. And I think he I think Robin is also involved uh, in some of the series, some right. of the, those forty serials. It's it's, it's basically the detective. He's not nothing more than a detective. Mm. Uh, so it's quite interesting to see how that's evolved over the years from that from the forties to the sixties, uh, kind of the Adam West stuff, and then and then when when Tim Burton got a hold of it. In the eighties, and they kind of, and we had a, lot, a bit more of the special effects going on, a bit more of the technology being used. Um, it started going down a slightly darker it. route, as well, didn't it? Yeah, like, I, would, exactly. I wouldn't say like I yeah. wouldn't say like super dark, but still, you know, compared to Adam West, it was like it, this is a completely different character. No, it, it definitely, it definitely went down a darker route, and it was it was as a result of of the um, the the graphic. You know what was happening in the in the comic scene. So more so than the movie scene, is is kind of what triggered it. So there was the co the comic, uh, the graphic novel version of Batman, mm. uh, the the Dark Knight, when that oh, came right. out. Um, uh, Frank Miller, as a as a kind of proper a proper writer, started to get involved in in scripting comics, both for Marvel and DC. And he came out with the the graphic novel. This is around sort of same similar sort of time frame as when the Watchmen came out. So graphic novels became. Ah. Uh, Kind of a new thing, and, and it was designed to bring comics to the to the adult to an adult audience, and especially adults who had grown up with comics in the sixties and seventies, like my my generation. Well, it was kind of we they were being lost. That audience was being lost, and so the graphic novels kind of were designed to bring bring them back in again and bring it take it in a new direction. So it went. We had a, kind of a darker storyline, and so when Tim Burton's Batman, came, it wasn't based on the Dark Knight per se, because we had, we we have the Dark Knight as a movie later on with the. Mm. <clears throat> you know the, the the last the more recent iteration with but, uh, Christian, um, Bale. You know, Christian Bale was back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely but, one of the best. But, uh, and Chris and Chris Chris Nolan, you know his his yeah. stuff, it, as a director, the set that he did. But it was it did kind of match. It was kind of timed, and it, it similar sort of timeline as when the graphic novels came out and the dark the darker storylines like the Killing Joke 
used to come out, were coming out, and so it, it was deliberately going down a, a bit more of a darker path. Uh, even with the tin, well, Tim Burton's going to do that anyway. That's what's going to appeal to him anyway, isn't it? No, oh, absolutely. But it's 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 so strange about Tim Burton because he loves he loves 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 and obviously lives and feeds off of the whole dark narrative, and yet like any of his films that you watch, any of like the the animations or things he does, it it'll feel dark but it'll still feel goofy, and it's just so interesting that he's able to yeah. bring those together in such a way that you you immediately can see anything, and if you have no idea it was Tim Burton, you're like, that's got to be a Tim Burton thing. You just immediately know it's incredible. He's got such a distinct taste. Yeah. Absolutely right. So I found this original Spider-Man movie I'm talking about. It was actually the 70s, believe it or not. Oh, it came out oh, in nice. the TV series. TV series from 77 to 79. Yeah. Um, and you're probably not going to know any of the actors. I certainly don't even know the actors. <laughs> Peter <laughs> Parker was played by Nicholas Hammond. <laughs> oh, okay, no. No idea. No, there's nobody there. I'm looking through to see if there's anybody there that I would recognise even today. Or even back then, to be honest. There weren't they weren't massive big names. I was thinking that Jane, Jane Jonah Jameson might have been played by somebody. No, not not massive. No, Robert F. Simon played Jane Jonah Jameson. No, mm. I don't. I don't really recognise any of the as I go through the cast on this. Any so of the actors. There's no names that pop out. You think they'd have like one biggish, you know, depending on their budget, obviously. Yeah. yeah. That, that would just and help again a biggish wise, name. They were all, all like TV. Uh, like TV actors and stuff of the time, I get you. Hang on just a minute, you've cut out. I'll try to Worth this. a look. Oh, Worth a up. look, just, just to get a sense of, okay. you know, where, yeah, you'll see right away that, you know, they're lacking the technology, they're lacking, without CGI and without, you know, a whole, whole heck of other stuff in special effects, it's that hard to get great. the feel of the comic across. So, yeah, around well, that that's... same sort of time, you had the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk TV series. Yeah, which was um, I want to so, say that was Patrick Duffy. So different. God, I, I don't remember who the first Hulk was now, but I do remember I now this some is, scenes of the television. It's, show. Oh, it's Bill Bixby, Bill Bixby, Bill, Bill Bixby. Bixby, and Lou okay. Ferrigno. Now, the, now these mm. guys, this Lou day, Ferrigno is a name Bixby, I recognize. Yeah, he, he, has become you know he played the he played the Hulk. When he was properly, you know, muscle, all greened and when he yeah. the muscular Hulk, he played the That's guy. Right. He played the Hulk, right? Bill yep. Bixby played David Banner, and and uh, Bill Bixby at the time was well known. Anyway, he was already on TV. He was a uh, he was Wait, in the David, TV series called David Magician. Banner. Yeah, so. no, I know it's the actual comics. He's actually Bruce Banner, but that, they call him David for whatever reason. They call him David so Banner they, in the TV. They series. had like a slight like. change. I get. Oh, it happens. I get you. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was like a that's brother or they tried to rope in like a dad or something else. That's fine. Okay, so he had a different name for a time. Okay. But again, you, you have a look at the... You'll, you'll see, without the special effects, you know, it's, it's really, really hard to get the excitement. <laughs> it was very popular, of course, with young with young kids, people like myself, you know, not that young. I was a teenager at that point. But but with young kids and fans of the comics, of course, mm. it was popular. But, it, it, you know, it was really, really you know, nowhere near... Mally getting the impact of the comics, um, but but Lou Ferrigno, you know, he, he's become a legend. It's a bit like the guy that played what was his name who played um, who played Flash Gordon in the movie Flash, nineteen eighty movie Flash. Oh he's become God. a bit of a a bit of yeah. a household name, haven't they? For oh my cult, God, yeah. cult uh, Oh my God, uh, I can see him. I can see him. 
my well, god. When he's, when he's armed with the when he's armed with with the IMDB, it's quite yeah, easy. Yeah, hang on. We can we can have a look. <laughs> as, as I am. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, I mean we have to look. It's, it's fine. I think, not... I think it's Dan Jones, isn't it? Sa Sam Jones, like yeah. Sam yeah. Jones, that's it. Sam Jones. Oh my god. Oh, even Brian that's Blessed, it. I forgot he was in it. Yeah. Yeah, he was in that, that, that bird. Uh, yeah. That, uh, that wings. Was wings. Lord, what's his face or whatever his name was? Yeah, Pr Prince Prince Fulton. That'll, that'll be it. Yeah. Well, I you know, I can't say I took it really seriously. No, no. No, but I mean that's 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 the beauty of it. Like when, when they know they're meant to be goofy and they don't take themselves seriously, sometimes that's that's what makes it perfect. And yeah, it wasn't the best film, but it was it was still you know no. it was still entertaining. You know, it's, it, was, it's... it was fun. And it had some good it had some good production volumes. You know, yeah. it was quite interesting. And you know, it, it, and a good cast. I mean, it's absolutely. It's the and the superheroes. Yeah, and, and it was Timothy uh... Dalton. I mean, you've got uh, Robbie Coltrane. Yeah. You've got quite a few. Good profile oh, yeah, people some, in there. There were some stars in that. Yeah, in that it was, they definitely had the they definitely had the budget apparently. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. But... oh yeah, they, they definitely put some money into it. They yeah. did a good job with it, and they had Queen do the theme tune, which to yeah. this day is still big. So, oh god, exactly. I mean, can you can you imagine having such a big name artist do a theme tune for you? It's just unbelievable. Yeah, Flash Gordon, and it, and actually. Obviously, it was a tipping and up to not so much a, a comic book as a, um, again another forties serial, which was a real sci-fi series. I mean, Flash Gordon was, it was a, you know it's off planet, whereas you know the ba Batman was it was the just forty series of the Batman in a different that. way. Yeah. yeah, it's a detective series, and the, and the main detective is just wearing a cape. That's all. So, and, the, and there's quite a few of now these days. I've started to see, started to find on YouTube a lot of the old serials from the forties, and, and there was quite a few different characters like that. There were detectives that were that had unusual costumes or wore masks or whatever. Yeah. There were, it was nothing. It, that was just a bit of a gimmick. There was still just detective series. But in the in the Flash Gordon the forties the the forties serial, at least you know they were going off planet. You know they had they had the little <laughs> amazingly bad special effects for the <laughs> for the spacecraft and stuff like that. But it, at least it was there. There you go. Look, see Max von Sydow played the Emperor Ming. In Flash Gordon, and Max von Sydow is is a, a very very respectable actor. I mean, he he played Jesus in um, in the Greatest Story Ever Told. Okay. Uh, he played he played he played one of my favourite classic films that is called The Seventh Sign. Uh, seventh Sign, okay. Seventh Sign, yeah. The Seventh Sign. Let me just double check that. No, it's not the Seventh Sign. What am I talking about? Seventh Seal. The Seventh nah. Seal from nineteen fifty seven. Yeah. Where he plays okay. a, a crusader coming home from. It's a Swedish film. Uh, with subtitles, but he plays a crusader coming, coming home from the Crusades and oh. just kind of coming to terms with the Black Death. He's, you know, we come back to his yeah. hometowns and villages around his, his country where, where people are and, and finding lots and lots of death and questioning, you know, it's a philosophical film. It's quite an interesting dark film. Um, but that's 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 a really, really cool film worth watching, worth taking yeah, a look so at. Sounds, and also he was in... Um, you'll, you'll also remember Max von Sydow from... Um, Shutter Island, because he played, he was in Shutter Island. He played the um, one of the one of the professors that was an ex, an ex former Nazi, or whatever. If you remember, oh, you, okay. have you watched? You, yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I've seen Shutter Island. I just it's been a while since I've seen it. I think I saw it once, but 
Yeah, yeah I, th- I well, think... Well, if you remember it, it was about... Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to rewatch They go it, to this... Uh, without doing too many spoilers, they go they go to the island, they find this... One of the... Do- they find that basically there's all kinds of weird stuff going on and one of the things that's going on is relates to uh, this... Yeah, because it was a Leo movie, wasn't it? That's right. It was, yeah. And uh, It was. And according to Mum's philosophy, if it's Leonardo DiCaprio, we have to watch it. Oh, yeah. And, to be fair, and, he and does a lot of good right, films. Most, he does. Yeah, I've not done many. I don't think there's any films that he's made, because, of course, I, back in the day, especially, I was forced to always go and watch films <laughs> when they came out with him. Yeah. But at I didn't, least, I was he, at least he was a good actor, but he still is, obviously, and does great. He does some yeah. really good films. Did you see yeah, his he, new... He, um, he seems to pick up. Did you see his new Netflix one? No, we, I started to watch it. We did watch it. But I didn't have, for whatever reason, I can't remember why I couldn't finish watching it. But that was, it's, like, it's kind fair. of a comedy, isn't it's, it? it? It's its so strange, right? Because it makes, it at moments, it makes me feel like a Quentin Tarantino kind of vibe. And at other moments, yeah. it's just like a science-y, really kind of out there, ooh, we're going to save humanity kind of film. But then it does none of that. And it just, it, it never really quite lands on what exactly it wants to be. It, it's just like, yeah. you know, you're seeing a lot of people's different experiences and it's I, I I did like it. I don't exactly know why I liked it, but there were also parts that I didn't like. It was it was very I don't know, it just fully it, it felt like it never really figured out what it wanted to do. But I appreciate yeah. the fact they tried to have a very profound message in it and I I think that's important. I don't think it's gonna land across with everybody. Yeah, yeah it took me a minute to realise that it was a comedy, first of all. Because he started mm. off it seemed a little bit serious at the start, and then then yeah. I started to realise it was a comedy and a dark comedy, um, and and a topical with a lot covering a lot of topical issues. But you're right; I think I think it has a, a bit of an a bit of an identity problem. I think part of it is um, Leo himself. Um, of course, you know he never plays a bad role; he never plays a bad part. No, but he, he, did he was very well. in, here. He's almost like he was playing the part of a another actor. There's a very there's a very specific style to the character that he was playing, which, which I think there's a mm. few. Two or three other actors that I think would would really perfectly fit that slot. I mean, comedy actors. Yeah. The role that Leo played, he, he never plays a bad role. He's a brilliant actor anyway, and he, he fits anyway. But it's almost like he was playing the part of a comedy actor because that role was a comedy role. It was a role for a comic, a proper comic actor, somebody who is, mm. who is normally in that type of a role. Yeah, and, they and play the that stereotype. Yeah, people like Jeff Goldblum or or, or mm. I would say even Jack Black to some extent. You know, people yeah, like yeah. that would that would fit Philip Seymour Hoffman back, you know, when he was still alive. It's people that would be, you know, kind of that uncomfortable, nerdy, geeky kind of, you know, professor who. But I like I liked his treatment of it, but I still think there'd be it could have been cast differently. But yeah. the fact that he's he was cast in it, I'm sure that was you know part of the reason for that was Netflix wanted to. Well, they've got a bunch of big names. They have got Jennifer Lawrence again. Same thing with Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, yep. a few different people could have played that role, but she she they she owned it a, because, yeah. like Leo, she could, and like Meryl Streep, they they could do they could turn their they could turn their craft to anything, can't they? So they've got those skills. Quite right, because <clears throat> I mean, it, like I said, Meryl Streep, another great example. I think they had uh, was it Kate Blanchett? I think was in it as well, or am I misremembering that? Kate Winslet, yeah. Kate Winslet, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So was... Kate Winslet, uh, Kate, Kate Blanchett, Kate Blanchett. Sorry, it was Kate Blanchett. Okay, so yeah, so obviously like her and Meryl Streep, big, big, high name actresses, and then you've you've got Jennifer Lawrence, more up and coming, but still, you know, like you you know if she's in something, it's probably going to be quite good. 
Uh, you, you've got yeah. so many good names. Even Timothy Chalamet's in it. You've got Jonah Hill. You've got a, a big cast of like. It's it's quite clear yeah, they had huge, the Mike reach Reynolds, and the power. Mike Reynolds, I would say. Ron Perlman. Yeah. I mean, these are these are big names. Even the oh, that's even right. the lesser roles by big names. Yeah, and 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 yeah, it's you're quite right. They could have had. I mean, obviously Leo did a fantastic job because that's just what he does. You know, he learns the role, he plays the role, he portrays the role, he does it so well. But you're right, somebody else could have done that role and probably would have done it justice the way it probably would have felt. But at the same time, it's like... I think what, what would have happened is it might have had a better identity if it, if it was cast differently. Instead of using huge stars like it did, which of course will have got it got it the audience anyway, which was the goal of the, of the producers. Mm. Uh, but instead of using them, if they used people that, were, that normally would, you would expect to see in those roles, it would yep. have been much more obviously a comedy. And it probably would have been funnier. You would have been got a bit more comic timing. You'd got a bit better. Yeah. You know, you'd, you'd have just been a bit more, been a bit more familiar, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I think you're quite right. Yeah. Having uh... said that, you know, I didn't watch. It. I didn't watch it all, and uh, I need to watch it all because it did look quite fun. It's uh, and I was just getting into it, and I can't remember for whatever reason I couldn't finish watching it. I mean, it it's certainly quite quite something, and I'm, I am glad I finished it. Mostly because, you know, I can remember, especially the highlights in my mind is how I like to remember it. Because some films you're not going to remember every single aspect. But it's good for at least to remember some of the highlights. So you're like, ah, okay, I remember this happened to so-and-so. Or this happened, this happened. So it's good to kind of recollect on that. And it, it definitely achieves in the film what it was trying to achieve. But it still yeah. absolutely took the dark route, which I think is important. I think it's good that they did that. The comedy yeah. aspect, whether it's dark comedy, any kind of comedy, because especially Jonah Hill, he do, he just does he just does anything to have a laugh, and it's just in that film yeah. he falls and he's incredibly funny. flat. So he's he's perfect, he's perfectly cast for this kind of film because because yeah. he's funny. You expect he, I know he's played some serious parts and he does that well as well. Yeah. But you're not you're not going to feel it's not going to be surprising to see him in a, in, a, in a funny role. And that's you know right. he's going to make you laugh because he's just again he's just naturally funny. That's just that's just what he does. No, it's, it's quite right. I mean, another great example is a uh, twenty-one or even twenty-two Jump Street. Him and Channing Tatum, very different people, and yet yeah. you put them together and they they both can play this, you know, spy serious comedy role, and they just vibe off each other incredibly well. But you're quite right. You know, you're going into it. It's mostly a comedy with bits of action, but you know, or even. Yeah. Um, what else? Pineapple Express or uh, God, it wasn't wasn't Hangover. There was another one he was in. That I completely forgot. Jonah Hill, the super bad is a is a is super a bad. One that's that the one. Yeah. yeah, but but you're right. I mean, when, when whenever you, you hear Jonah Hill's in it, you're like, okay, it's going to be funny. Yeah, yeah, and and I know that I've seen him in in a couple of serious films as well, and and he plays the serious part well. Mm. Uh, he, he does. He really does. But uh, but he get he, he just again he's just a natural. He's, he's one of those people that's naturally you're gonna like Seth Rogen. You know you, if you know he's gonna be in the film, you know it's gonna be funny. You know yeah. if, if it's a bit of a and or, or Jack Black or Zach Galifianakis, let's say if Zach Galifianakis yeah. is in the film, I want to watch it. And, I, and I've seen a couple of turkeys that he's been in, but but he's in it, and I know that I'm gonna get some laughs out of it, even if yeah. it's a turkey. Absolutely, because he's he, he he portrays that awkward funny. And I think that's just—it's so good. Yeah. He's found his niche, and he, he just—he's mastered it so well. And it's like you could put him in anything, and he will do an awkward, funny moment, even if he's not supposed to. And it's just—it's just. It's just yeah, I tell you, I tell you what, I tell you, here's an interesting, here's an interesting proposition or, or hypothesis. Imagine had he played the Leo role instead of Leo, you had Zach Galifianakis in that role, and he's a little bit too, a little bit too out there. 
probably to be playing that role, that kind of awkward mm. scientist, a little bit unsure of himself. But, but I think but I in think moments he, it would have been he, really he, good. Yeah. Definitely, you wouldn't have been uh, you wouldn't have been confused about whether it was a comedy or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's weird because then I'm also thinking like uh, Jesse Eisenberg in other moments would be quite good for it, or you could do uh, Michael Sarah. Yeah. Probably maybe not so much anymore, but you know because they have the yeah. very awkward thing down. Well, and then you mix in awkward humor, kind of like Zach Galifianakis, and then you know have little freakout moments. Leo's really good at freakout moments. He can do that kind of stuff. Like he's he's got it down. Yeah. But for the other parts, yeah. you definitely needed somebody else who could have really elevated that position. Yeah. But, you know, Leo brings the audience in. He does. So, it's, and it's, it's quite nice. right. He's just nice to see him. He, I know yeah. he, likes to, he likes to flex, and that's good. And it's nice to see him in, in different roles. So so that's, you know, a bit like, you know, Once Upon a Time in, in America. Brilliant. Fantastic. Mm. A different type oh, of role in, for him again. Oh, fantastically, fantastically, and that was my, kind of comedic computer's, as well, kind of a dark comedy. Locking down. But both played a fantastic performance. I mean, Brad Pitt deserved—he got the Oscar for that and deserved it because I thought he, his role was—I think his role was just a brilliant role anyway. He, he played it really well, but it was just a fun character. I mean, any actor will be happy to take that role, just that badass. And but he fit it perfectly. It was almost like written for him. It seemed to me quite right. Written for his personality. Yeah, it's, it's always good whenever uh, whenever they're able to get just the right person for a role. I think it makes just all the difference in the world. Because yeah. you, you can get similar, you can get close, but when it's like you have nailed that person, it just it can really make or break a film. Absolutely right. Oh, I've gone distant now, sorry. Yep. Just <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's quite all right. So Valentine's Day tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's a good way to timestamp when we did this. It is. It also, it's a, presents. It also presents a theme you can choose for uh, what movies to Talk recommend about. to yeah. watch for Valentine's Day. I guess that's not a bad idea. Recommendations about stuff. I think, um, obviously, the the theme of Valentine's Day is romance, or uh, rom com yeah. is another another good second choice. It'd have to be, it'd have to be because what you were talking about genres where you don't mind if you miss forever. Yeah, uh, yeah. The romantic movies. No, actually, there have been some. There have been some fantastic romantic movies. Really, that's, that's true. Really, that's really true. Ones. Not to bash them, but it's it's for, for me. It's one of those things where. Once you've seen that one good one or a few good ones, I'm happy with that. I don't, I don't really yeah. care to see any others. Like if I do, I, you know, unless it's another really good one, like those kind of like high level things to me, it's, it's, I'm probably not going to be interested. You know, but it's, that's the only problem. You, the only way you're going to know if it's good is if you actually watch it, because it's all, it's all down to personal taste at the end of the day. Like, uh, like one of my yeah. favorite films of all time is, uh, is called Your Highness with Danny McBride and. Uh, and uh, James Franco and stuff, and it's it's really stupid, goofy fantasy crap. Like it is, it is a shit film. Yeah. Like completely, it is a shit film. I've, it's it's not a good film. I've, I don't but, think I've, I I I, do, I am familiar with it. I might have seen bits of it. I don't think I've seen it all the way through. But, but I uh, I love I'm, it because it's, it. it's one of my guilty pleasures. Because back in the states with, uh, with my roommates Billy and Justin, it's a film we all watched, and we we you know doing some drinking and stuff at the time, and we all just really we were laughing out loud the whole time. Probably mostly because we were yeah. drinking. 
But, you know, it became one of those moments where, like, look, we're always going to quote and remember this film because we all really enjoyed it together kind of thing. But, yeah. in yeah. all fairness, as a film, it's not a good film. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a guilty pleasure kind of thing, you know, and I think that's fine to have those. Yeah, absolutely. And especially, you know, when you talk about this genre and for blokes, uh, that's probably where you're going to find some... That, that yeah. type of movie is, is, a, is a good thing. You're probably going to find films where you don't mind. We're not, you know, they're not amazing films, or we don't really love them. But but for you know, to fit in with a, we always kind of enjoy for the romance side. That's it. I was going to say there's a couple of fil films kind of really, which aren't meant to be you know classic romances. Like for example, one of my favourite, all-time favourites, I suppose. Although I haven't put it in my list of all-time favourites, but it deserves to be up there somewhere. Is the Franco Zeffirelli version of Romeo and Juliet. Um, and and also, you know, the the again talking about Leo, the the, yeah. the modern version of Roman Juliet was, yeah, was pretty good. I'm, but I personally, I'm with you. Uh, Frank Zeffirelli's version. I'm with you. I'm with from you. The, from the nineteen sixties, it's it's very much of the time, but it's definitely worth a watch if you want to get in. If you're in the mood, you know, relationship mood, and you want to watch something kind of lovey dovey, but also mm. classic, uh, a bit of based on a bit of classic literature. I, I I just think it's a really nicely well put together piece of. Uh, piece of film craft no that's uh, i think it's good that we can especially give recommendations on the uh, possible titles to watch for people depending on how many people listen to this but that's neither here nor there we're here to have fun no. either way exactly. but um yeah i guess we could list off some some romance or some rom-coms that we we've enjoyed i think that's a good idea yeah um so yeah. pure romance but has moments of comedy but i wouldn't call it a comedy is um is the notebook that's one that I think is like super cliche, yeah. but I did yeah. really enjoy it back in the day because um, it, it yeah. does have a very touching and beautiful story. And uh, even though, you know, the flashbacks, some of them are a bit far-fetched and a bit out there and stuff, but I think that's just kind of part of the, the, the whole, you know, mad, fantastical romance aspect kind of thing. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's, it's an unbelievable love story, and that's that's part of the driving point home for it. And uh, no, I think overall it's it's definitely a film that I can I can recommend to others, and uh, you know I can even say that I enjoyed it, even though it is like pure romance. Yeah, I'm looking at my uh, I'm looking at my list of uh, favorite films, and uh, I've got one by genre, but it's a it's a pretty poor list. So there's only one film on that list that I really think that no, there's a couple of films on that list. Although I don't this this film is not really. I won't call it a romance, really. It's more of a romp. I mean, it's, it's classic. There's a bit. There's a romance in it. There's a romance theme kind of subplot in it, but it's kind of a just. It's really more of just of a general comedy, and that's the Quiet Man. Quiet Man. And 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 what I was saying is that any movie buff, especially a movie buff who loves classic films, is uh, you know or older films will will recognise straight away. It's, it's it's you know quite frequently shown on network, and you know even these days, you know you're going to find it fairly easily. And it's very popular because it's John Wayne, but in not in a in a non in an untypical John Wayne role, playing a romantic lead, if you will. It's not you know it's, it is a romantic lead. It's not, but it's not so much a romance. It's just generally a comedy. Yeah. Um, based yeah. when he goes back to Ireland, he plays the part of a, a boxer, an American boxer, who has some tragic thing going on in his life, and he goes back to his old. Um, his old family home, his parents, where his parents were born and brought up in in Ireland, and it's just the, really it's the, it's the funny, the kind of the culture clash between a modern day American 
coming coming into into contact with the old fashioned style and slow kind of very quirky Irish village life. But but there is the the romantic subplot there with Maureen O'Hara playing um, the flame haired you know neighbourhood um, his neighbour from the neighbouring farm or the neighbouring landlord is the the daughter of that kind of property or the sister of the, the property there. And yeah, right. that, that is a lot of fun. If you haven't watched it, it's it's highly recommended. It's very it's a lot of fun. Oh, there we go. We've already listed off uh, three three recommendations. That's 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 pretty good. The Quiet Man. You've got the Notebook, and I've already forgot the first one. Oh no, Romeo and Juliet from uh, Romeo and Juliet. Zeffirelli's yeah. version. I mean, yeah. the, the the Leo version from the nineteen eighties, which was what's his face? Who directed that one? So it was pretty much. Like you said, it was a it was a modern spin on it, and it was it was just so goofy, so very goofy. I mean, just <laughs> but funny to watch, and uh, everybody was committed to the role, so you have to give them that. But if you yeah, have, if you uh, haven't I mean, seen I'm, it, um, hilarious. Pete Postle's the way. Hilaire Danes were in there as well. Baz Luhrmann, that's it. Baz Luhrmann was the director. So he's more famous for what's about the woman normally. This yeah. kind of stuff is. Let's see if it he, links he does up. kind of quirky stuff. He did Australia and Moulin Rouge and Gatsby, another Leo film. Uh, Pretty okay. ballroom. So there you go. He, that all checks out. He's known for these more kind of again. We're talking about romance, Australia, right there. You know, that's a, that's a rom uh, kind of a classic romance yep. uh, type film, adventure, adventure, but it, you know, with romance involved. Um, Great Gatsby, so, about yeah. a toxic romance. Yeah, the Great Gatsby about <laughs> toxic romance. Absolutely. Yeah, Moulin Pretty Rouge. Ballroom. I mean, I, I wouldn't really call Moulin Rouge a romance. It's yeah, musical with a romance in it. But I suppose that's kind of like how rom coms or or com roms work in some senses. Especially great example is and almost so many Adam Sandler films. He does some version of a rom com, but it's more comedy than it is romance. But it's still meant to be enjoying Moulin unquote, Rouge. Yeah. I gotta say. Oh yeah, Moulin Rouge. I thought it was good. a little bit over the top. Oh yeah, but a I think that was the point. Too much going on for me. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's part of the, that the was point. The point. Yeah, it was, a, but it was just a bit too busy for me. And and also, I think the same probably can be said for Romeo and Juliet. I mean, oh, 100%. there are people that love it. And recently, I've been hearing critics say they absolutely love this film. I know your mum loves the film, but but for me, it was just a little bit. It's a bit too much going on. It was all a bit fast paced. Couldn't mm. kind of keep up with it. It's a little bit not my not quite my speed. I need yeah. things to slow down a little bit. I get you, especially in some kind of a romance thing. You're just like, look, I mean, if, if there's too much going on, then it, especially with subplots and crap like that, it's like, look, we're, we're here for the one thing, the one thing only, whether it involves multiple characters or not, don't know. But it's, you know, you don't have to get lost in all this crazy sped up stuff because then it just feels like it's more of a drama than a romance and just kind of changes entirely and it's just, it just doesn't really work. I just can't keep up with that type of movie, really. Yeah. It, and movies annoy me when I can't keep up with them. If I can't, there's so much going on, I just can't keep up with it. Unless it's something that's kind of hooked me, like like Inception, for example. A lot of things going on there. Oh, that's but, a great but, example. And why you have to watch it over and over again. But if, if it's if it's grabbing you, if it's if something about it is grabbing you, and you're you really kind of you're missing things, but you don't you're not frustrated by the fact you're missing things because it's oh well, I'll go back and I'll. I'll revisit that. I'll yeah, watch that again I'm and happy see to rewatch it and re-examine it and see what I thought about it a second, a third, a fourth time. Because, like a lot of people say, you'll pick up more this time. You'll you'll have different uh, conclusions and stuff. It's it's very interesting, and I I agree with that point. I think you're completely right. Inception is a great example of a film that has too much going on, but it will hook you in, and you'll be like, 
well, I, I want to I wanna further understand kind of what's going on. I want to break it down a little bit if I can to really make sure I, I understand what's going on. But it's just so entertaining yeah. to watch. Yeah, so I'm looking at some of these different movie websites and we're not the only people that's had the idea of focusing a bit on romance. I'm not surprised, especially because this time of the year. Because it's Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think um, we have to obviously talk about the classic Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think that's the only way you can really describe that movie. It's meant to, you know, it's a romantic story that takes aboard a, a disaster. So it's like, at least it has a very interesting plot yeah. with the way it was able to develop and go along and stuff. So I, I really enjoyed that about it. How it's like, oh, you know, it's a romance, but there's terrible things that are going to happen. And, you know, it's it's ultimately, I mean, it just doesn't work out, which is just insane. But like, what a way to portray it. What a way to portray it. So you're, so you're saying that basically it's a... It's a Titanic is obviously it was a, a, a real life, a real true story disaster. But this, the movie version of it is uh, at least James Cameron's movie version of it is um, is is really more a romance, a romance with, uh, with the subplot being the disaster. Yeah, <laughs> which 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 is crazy because obviously the main plot should be the disaster, but it plays obviously until the end of the film. It plays such a little role because obviously that's that's the whole point is like it hits an iceberg, everything goes wrong. It's just a tragedy. Yeah. But otherwise, the every every other moment of the film is about you know it's about Leo and his story, and ultimately how it turns into yeah. you know his romantic interests and stuff. And it is, it's it is all about that. So that's why I do believe it is, yeah. like you said, romance with the subplot is there's a, a tragic disaster of the Titanic sinking. And, and you know what? You know who agrees with you? Rotten Tomatoes, because I've just looked up the the their categorization <laughs> of Titanic, and they make it they say it's a romance drama. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It sounds about right. The main plot is romance. The second plot is drama. Yeah, but it's, it's the same with even the Adam Sandler rom coms. It's it's comedy first, romance second. Even though it's meant to feel like yeah. the romance is the main part, it really isn't. It's just not interesting enough in a romance aspect to keep you be like, oh yeah, this is. I'm so hooked to these characters. I want them to work out. You don't really care because you know you know what you're there for. It's Adam Sandler. It's it's going to be a goofy thing anyway. It's not really a rom com. It's more of a comedy with a bit of a you know a love interest story intertwined. It's just, it's you know yeah. Call it what well, it is. So then taking it even taking it even further than that. I mean, we were talking about formula, uh, our our superhero movies, but movies with certain genres movies become formula i think action movies i think slasher movies you know f films become quite formulaic yeah. well you know on a very general level movies that there are there is a certain formula so most movies the vast majority of movies always seem to have there's always a love interest in there you know even when there doesn't need to be even when the story that you try to tell the love interest really didn't happen or it didn't happen in the way the film portrays it but mm. somehow it seems to be maybe the comics you know the comic stuff the the love interest the the romance element that there's always a subplot that has to involve you know a love interest coming into the the main protagonist's life very true and so we, there's always an element of romance in everything even the superhero stuff and again with this yeah. going back to Spider Man and his uh, comics he did have girlfriends in the comics and it was Mary Jane and it was Gwen Stacy and he was always having you know it was always having difficult times trying to mostly trying to get off with the girls trying to try to get uh, sum up the courage to go out with them. 
and then they dated them for in certain certain later on in the comics and the, when the comics became a little bit more mature and his character became a little bit much more, more mature he did start to date them but in the early stages in the early comics he was just struggling to even some some of the courage to ask them out mm. and and when you see if you look at the film in the films that's not the case in the films <clears throat> they well to just to, to a large extent maybe in the latest one i suppose it's it's it is the case it doesn't really get together with MJ, I think, in the first movie, he doesn't manage to get together with her. Yeah, and then in, in the, the second, second movie, he starts. To, yeah, yeah, this, and then it's kind of a in in most of those films, it, the the relationships are quite developed, whereas mm. other aspects, you know, in the comics, they weren't. Those relationships just did not get developed until they were always kind of there, but they didn't get developed until well in, well into like you know, I don't know, the twentieth, thirtieth issues. I so I've a... got a pregnant pause there. Yeah, but I suppose yeah, that's just how uh, film adaptations go, movie. isn't it? You know, they're trying to uh, they're trying to give you the generalization of the character, the plot, the whole idea behind it, and tell it as quickly as they can in usually like a two-hour time frame. Even though they're like, oh, well, we can have sequels and stuff. Well, it's like, well, hopefully, if this film does well enough, we can have sequels. You know, it just it all depends. But you're quite right. It always annoys me these superhero things how they're always like the romance is such a a vital aspect of the character and it's like well look not all these characters need need a romantic aspect it's obviously if it was the thing in the comics fine that makes sense you know that's that's canon it's part of story i get that but then other ones you, you feel like they still just try to force it on these these characters and it's just like it's just not needed but i guess it's just become such a yeah. strange expectation these days that like every film has to have a level of romance but it just it just yeah. doesn't so that's that's now especially that would play into and I can't think of an example but I'm sure there are examples that plays into stuff that based on on real life. So for example, my genre that I like that I like that I mentioned earlier, biopics. When when they take a you know they're doing a biography, biography a biography of a real life person, a historical character, mm. uh, and they're making a movie by him, but they have to kind of soup up maybe the is the romantic element of his or her life wasn't that amazing or that interesting but they always in films they, they they make it they bring it to the fore a little bit because it because it is the formula of films that they have to do that so that's yeah. quite comic comical that's where that's an area where sometimes bi biopics are, are not kind of true to life when they introduce they'll say oh no there was this love interest going on and it was mu that much more developed than it, than it actually was there are some examples i can't think of one top of my head but the uh, but there are definitely examples where it's kind of, kind of bit got a bit stupid because they Absolutely. have to introduce a love interest to the, to the character. <laughs> they have to make it yeah. look like, oh, that was a, you know, that was a, a big thing in his life mm. when it really, or her life when it really wasn't. Yeah, and I mean, in some cases, you know, like maybe those characters did play a pivotal, a pivotal role enough that it's, you know, it warrants having those kind of things in. Like I think a, a good example of the biopic with that is uh, is the Elton John one with um, uh, Taron Egerton, I think his name is, and uh, yeah. fantastic yeah, Rocket, Rocket, Rocket Man. Man fantastic film like really really enjoyable great way to you know portray such a story and everything and uh you know obviously like he's got the the two quote-unquote love interests he's got the the one who's like his his uh his, his business partner if you will his, his writing partner whatever and obviously it's like well he's yeah he's not gay he's not into him like that and so he does his little struggle with that but then they they come to terms with it and he's that's all fine he moves on and then he's got the um i guess it's the guy who becomes like his manager i think it's played by richard madden and um you know obviously yeah. like that was a love interest that was important because it also was something that he had to rely on in order to continue doing his business and stuff and yet that was obviously it you can't just skip over that because you know 
this character is important to his life, whether he was a love interest or not, because he was one of the people who helped, you know, bring him up to a level of stardom, but he was also an abusive character and stuff. It's, I think it's very important that, you know, when they are an important enough character, that, yeah, it's, it's fair to have the full portrayal of them. And, uh, you know, yeah. for all we know, he might have had other love interests, didn't really skim into too much of that, which I think is good, you know, because if they weren't very important to the story, it's good that, you know, it's uh, probably don't need mentioning kind of thing. Now, um, it's interesting you raised this one because that's one I've not actually seen Rocket Man, but I might I'll, I might have to watch it now. It's ah. on my list, but I'll uh, I'll bring it forward a little bit. It is good. It, it is, does it is look very good. good. Yeah, no, I definitely Sorry. I definitely recommend it. It's very good. It makes me think that then there's probably going to have to be a George Michael biopic out coming coming soon, doesn't there? Somebody's got to be working mm. on a George Michael biopic. It must be a I would think. one coming. Yeah. It must be on the on the works or something. They just probably haven't talked about it. But this has got to be because that that had to be an interesting. That is an interesting life story. You know, yeah. talking about in along these lines, his his life was, was he had a very interesting life um, <clears throat> as a performer and you know as a celebrity. The things that he did and he got up to and how his life went and the twists and the turns he had to go through. I think that'd be uh, that's that's one coming. Up. That's a that's for the prediction corner. We can have a prediction corner. What what movies yeah, are coming yeah. out? We've never heard of. We're, we we're going to suggest a project that is. We can we can have we whatever heard, we want. But it probably will this come is, out. This sometime. is our project. We can do whatever yeah. we want with it. Yeah, exactly. I like that. A prediction corner. Exactly. That's, that's a good idea. Prediction corner. I predict there's going to be a film about George Michael. I bet yeah. it's going to come out soon. Next couple of years. I've not heard of one yet, but it wouldn't surprise me. No, I wouldn't be surprised either. So I think um, I think one thing we should do going forward that can be a segment in our podcast to help us uh, gain a little bit of structure is um, is we pick together, maybe even in the episode, we pick um, either a film or a TV show. We dictate, you know, how much of it we're going to see, but we both watch it during yeah. this week. That way we can like make notes. Yeah. We could even put it in the uh, in the ideas and feedback text channel we've got here. And just to help keep track of like, ah, this this happened, this happened. So we have talking points and we can really like dissect certain things if we want to. We can, you know, name actors, other things they're useful for. And, you know, really kind of, it's it's just a good talking point, isn't it? For us to have like cool opinions on something that could be really crap or yeah. really good. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like a little task we give ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm up for that. That's a good idea. Yeah. That yes. is a good idea. It's perfect on this little server because we got the general where we can do our general chat, our general everything, and then the ideas and feedback is a whole separate one. So you click on that and it goes into a whole separate text channel, and that's you can just start listing off stuff, and that way we can we can refer back to it if we ever have like ah we want a talking point we we want to talk about at one point ah pop it in there we can we'll have instant access to it when we come back to this. Yeah. Okay. Have you got anything? Any any ideas for something you want us to look at this week? I haven't given it much thought yet. <laughs> I'm just glad we got to this point, if I'm honest. But no, so, I think you're right. Uh, we what, what what about some films that um, that you've watched very recently? So, like yesterday, for example. Hmm. Fresh in your mind. There's a couple that I watched. I watched recently. the last one that I watched was Predestination. That that was uh, watched that last night. And okay. I've got to say, that was, it was a very good film, sci-fi from 2000. It said 2017, but the IMDb says 2014. Oh right. Um, with uh, Ethan Hawke playing oh, okay. a time traveller. Yeah. Brilliant. And I, I was I was most taken by 
just it was a good story. It was great. It was just a great film, worth watch, w worth a watch. Original, interesting, um, and I was most taken by the performance of the actress Sarah Snook. I think she played a great, a great part, fantastic part, and to the extent that I'm now looking for other stuff with her in deliberately because she was such a good actress. All right. Okay. I thought. I get you. Um. Actually, yeah, I suppose I do have one that I can I can kind of talk about. I haven't finished it yet, though, but I, I will because it has really piqued my interest. So um, so I do like to watch uh, foreign films, especially if they're in a different language or made in a different country, especially, and you have to watch it with subtitles because it's, you know, you watch it with an English dub and it just, sometimes it doesn't sound as good. But um, I, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix and I think it's called, I think it's called Big Bug and it's a, um, it's a French film. Big Bug, yeah. 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 Yeah, I've um, seen. Uh, I've seen I about that. I was going through the. Yeah, I've, I've seen yesterday. I, did, I saw it. I've seen about half of the film. Is it is it is a decently long film. Like you know, you got to be ready for that. But it is it is very very interesting. It has it has excellent levels of like comedy here and there, enough to keep you interested, but not too much that it feels like it's just a comedy. It's got a very interesting, like a political. Uh, really thought-provoking things going on which is quite nice i'm not going to spoil too much for those who haven't seen it because I, I still haven't even finished it so i don't know exactly where it's going to go but we can uh, we can hopefully talk about it at one point and it's uh, it's got i, I don't know any of the cast because they're all I'm, I'm assuming french they might not all be french but uh no it's it's uh, quite frankly if you want to watch something that is quite funny but will make you kind of think a little bit but it's it's goofy enough to keep you still interested with its story especially like when yeah. you watch it, you'll understand why I say that. It's um, yeah, yeah I, I do recommend it, and I've only seen half well, of it so I, I, far. I was going through Prime. We were looking through as we do Prime, Netflix, and various other listings yesterday, looking for a film, and it was on the list. It caught my attention. It was one of the number of films that caught my attention that I nearly I did consider watching, but mm. and now I know what it is, and I will I will now watch it because quite apart from anything else, it's. I noticed that it's um, directed by Jean-Pierre Jeunet, who, among the, the various things that he, he has uh, directed, he's directed Delicatessen. Now, that Delicatessen, I've ah. seen, and, and I watched that back in the 90s, um, and I, that was a particularly good film. Uh, I, you know, it was, it, it was one of the... There's not tons of French films I've seen. I've maybe seen a couple of dozen over the years, but, but Delicatessen is one, and definitely one of the best French films I've, I've watched. Um, I want to say... Because I thought he also Alien, one of the one of the less um, popular or less successful Alien movies. I think Alien Three uh, oh, was because right. the thing about the Alien franchise is, is that they I only kind of figured this out in the last few years that they were all each one was directed by a different director, but in, they were all very distinct. They're all good directors, top directors, but in, they have their own distinctive style, and so they all they, all they brought their own style to it. So Ridley mm. Scott, of course, he he was the first foremost and now he's he's as the franchise has come back he's kind of in control of it again mm. he brought out the original alien but the second alien was by a different director it was it was a big name at the time can't remember top of my head who it was but um similar sort of to, to james cameron style very very kind of it's big blockbuster style still very good but in a, in a slightly different way to the first one yeah and then alien 3 i want to say what it was jean-pierre Jeunet. it might not be but i'm going to just take a quick look now because because he i'm sure the guy that directed delicatessen brilliant film and i recommend it Take that away as, a, as a, something if you like foreign films and you like doing subtitle films and going through all that minute. Have a look at Delicatessen because it is definitely worth it. I just want to have a quick look and see Delicatessen if he is the good. same director as I thought he was. 
So a... you'll, you'll notice the same some of the same troop of actors, and you'll notice some of the same style uh, in in the in the film. Okay, okay, uh, that's, that's good to know. As okay. it is in Delicatessen. Yeah, 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 it is. So he did. Oh, no, Alien that 3. is John Cena. Let's have a look if he did Alien Three. Hold on a second. I don't know if he did Alien Three. We'll see in a minute. So another um, might be wrong about that. Another French film that I I do recommend, uh, which is also kind of a comedy. I, th I think it's mostly a comedy, but it's uh, it's got yeah. a cool cool story to it. It's called um, I don't know the French translation, but I know the English. It's uh, Two Alone in Paris, and uh, it's 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 basically like a cop and robber situation, but they they end up like some some weird thing happens, and um, they they are like all alone, just the two of them, like in all of Paris by themselves, and it's just it's just quite interesting to see. Because I think it just like has flash moments where like they come from like normal life to that bizarre life, but everything looks the same just without people, and it's just it has plenty plenty of good humor moments. It is very good. Yeah, I think I've seen that listed recently. That's gained my interest and attention this um, definitely, definitely as well. Good. So I'll get I'll definitely put that on the list. Otherwise, now, now I'm wrong about Alien Three. It wasn't, it wasn't the director, so could it have been uh, Alien Resurrections then? Because that feels a bit goofier. No. No, I'm, I've, I've somehow got confused here. I think I don't know where I've got okay, nice. what I'm thinking of. It's fair enough. Because Alien Resurrection was Alien Four, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it or was it? Yeah, yeah, Alien Four. That's right. I mean, it was just a very, a very different film entirely. Just I don't really know what yeah. they were doing with that. Like at least the first three Aliens, like that, that felt like they could all they're all connected. It makes sense. Well, it's it is. Sorry, I take it back. It is Alien Resurrection. He did direct that. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can absolutely see that. I can absolutely see yeah. that. How they're both profound, very, very unique, and yet goofy. Yeah, yeah, unique is yeah. a good word for it. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I'd rather watch Big Bug because Alien Resurrection is just it. Unique is a good word for it, but I, I don't think I'd watch it again. It just, it just was just too strangely out there. Yeah, but uh, other other well, films. I'll take a look at Big Bug for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll take no. a look at Big Bug. Okay, I'll, I'll I would recommend. I would say yeah, take a look at Predestination okay. and Delicatessen if you want to, but but Predestination because that's uh yeah, I definitely recommend that. I think you'll enjoy that. Okay, hang on. Predestination, Delicatessen, Big Bug. So if I just pop a couple of those in our thing. Then that way, I can remember because yeah, I think uh, maybe next week we can talk about Big Bug. We'll try to watch that this week, and uh, I'll see yeah. if I can watch Predestination Delicatessen as well. So that way, we've got at least two things that we can talk about straight away, which is pretty yeah. good. Otherwise, um, I know like the Korean yeah, cool. Korean films have become like far, you know, far more in the spotlight these days. Even Korean television shows like on Netflix and things like that, they've they've really start coming to the limelight, yeah. and so, some of them are absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, to watch. totally agree. Totally agree. What what's what, is is Juwon the TV series? Is that Korean or is it or is it Japanese? I think it's Japanese, isn't it? Juwon, I think that's Japanese. Yeah, because I think that's yeah. uh, because like, um, I think it's the Grudge, isn't it? Juwon, or is that is that a different word? There's so many different words. Yeah, the Grudge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Japanese, but I know what you mean by that. It's yeah, similar kind of stylings and stuff. But um, but no, I think uh, Korean-wise, like one of their biggest ones recently was, um, I think it's called Parasite. And if you haven't yeah, seen that, I'm just looking at it now. I, lo oh, I love it; it's fantastic. Have you not uh, seen it? 
Oh, I've seen it. Oh, what a film. Have you not seen it? I've yeah, seen no, it. I've seen it. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, what a fantastic. I mean, great plot, great story. Just, just, oh, yeah. so much brilliant. excitement in a film. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Well done. It, well done in every way. Well yeah. acted, well scripted, oh. well directed. Just, just everything. The, everything about the, it was the just right. Up. Was yeah. just right. Super film. Well, and that's going to lead me on to um, onto Squid Game then, the television series on Netflix. Have you seen that? No, I've not. I've seen it listed and I've thought about it, but I've not watched it yet. Highly recommend. I know a lot of people probably say that, but if you liked Parasite in how it like it had a good story, it was well scripted, well acted. You're going to like Squid Game for that yeah. exact same reason. It is just okay. It is incredibly unique and it is incredibly well done. Okay, well, uh, that's that's on my list then. And then uh, I think we've also seen on Netflix, it was called The Silent Sea, I think it was called. Where, um... Yeah, so I saw it, I haven't seen it, but I saw it listed, I keep looking, I keep looking and thinking I want to watch it. Yeah, that, that was quite interesting, where um, basically, I don't want to call them a research team, but they are basically a research and rescue team, get sent back to a base that they have on the moon, because um, cause they, had a re they had a facility there, and... Um, Supposedly a radiation leak happened on the moon. Yeah, because that makes total sense. And, like, everybody on the base died. And uh, they left it alone for, like, five years. And so they ended up sending a research and rescue team to kind of find out what happened and see what stuff they can gather back from it and everything. It's 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 quite an interesting story. Quite good. Now, if you're talking about... Uh, it's been out on Netflix series, one that we've watched recently that, that I really enjoy, which is also kind of... In a similar vein, would be Archive Eighty One. If you haven't seen that one, oh, that was really good. Archive Eighty One, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely my kind of thing. That was good, wasn't it? It was fantastic. I mean, you've got the whole because I've, I've always enjoyed the idea of found footage, but the only problem with the found yeah. footage series is you never know what kind of camera work they're going to do. It can always be shoddy or quick, like like you've got Blair Witch Project or Cloverfield, where where some scenes are really good and then other scenes you have no idea what's going on and it just really ruins it. But with Archive 81, you didn't really get any of that. The story was great. It was told from like two different you know, angles and timelines and stuff. Yeah. It would, oh, yeah. it, if, oh, if anybody listening hasn't seen it on Netflix, Archive 81, you have to see it. If you're really into something that's kind of culty, it's kind of spooky, but it's not like, it's not like overly scary. It's just like creepy, weird but it's oh, it's gripping. It's really yeah, good story. I'm kind of... Detectivey mystery kind of thing. You've you've cut out. Give me give me one sec. I'll see if I can get you back. There's some things like that because I'm fascinated in that anyway. In going through bits of the so for example, there's a couple of examples I can think of where where there's plays or stories or films or TV series about archivists going through huge collections of photographs trying to solve the mystery even yeah. even i want to say the girl with the uh, dragon tattoo i'm sure that started off i could i could have had an element of that yeah yeah there. i could see that at the start well, there's, a, there's a there's a mysterious photograph that he's trying to figure out what's going on i'm sure that was, was oh, that yeah, the girl no, with the dragon tattoo sounds, sure. that's that sounds quite that sounds about right i think i think you're right on that or uh, or another one is um I suppose he's not exactly archiving, but he's um he's using old evidence. Was um was Insidious, the horror film. That's got like an element of that yeah. where he's finding old tapes and watching them. And I mean that was that was yeah. quite a good story, quite creepy. 
quite gory as well. Film. Yeah, that, that's for me. You know, in terms of some of the poster poster boys or not poster boys, but the the kind of standout um, examples of the genre. I think Insidious is one of those for for the for the ghost horror genre. I think mm. that's one of the best. Oh wait, am I thinking? Films, am I thinking Insidious or am I thinking Sinister? Ah, uh, you might be thinking, yeah, Sinister is what yeah. you're thinking of. That's yes. one way, but there's, yeah. there's a, there's a projection that you're going through. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, so. Sinister, that's it, yeah. Although you're right about Insidious being, like, absolutely genre-defining in its own way with the, yeah. um, the whole, like, demonic possession and stuff like that. Fantastic film as well. It felt like it had elements of, um, of pol Poltergeist in it, and yet, you know, it yeah. wasn't too much like Poltergeist that you're like, ah, oh, it's just a rip-off. No, 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 it was, no. But again, for me, one of the better ghost films out there. Absolutely. Uh, most people these days, I'm sure, would have seen it. But anybody who's a fan of the genre would must have seen it. If you are a fan of the genre and you haven't seen it, then yeah. What's then you're missing you? out, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. Yeah, you yeah. And take a look. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, no, so that's uh, that's basically all there is to it. It's uh, It's pretty good fun. Yeah, it is fun, and it's a good conversation for, for a Sunday evening. That's quite to, right. To that week. That's quite right. We could even have on uh, guests, who, you know, in case there's like certain films that other people are really interested in talking about. We could do, that's the beauty, we could just structure it however we want, do what we like. It's our it's our show. Yeah. Right, let's see if we can find famous just actors who are already not necessarily famous, but maybe smaller, smaller role actors from films and things like that. Oh, we can do our own interviews and stuff. Yeah, that's not a bad yeah. idea. That would be fun. Yeah, we that'd just, be interesting, uh, wouldn't it? <laughs> from our our massive repertoire list that we have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Right. I'll, Actually, uh... thinking about it, I do know. Before we leave, I do know um, an actor. Mark Ashworth that used to come into Movieland, Cafe Movieland when I was in, in Cornwall. Well, he came in a couple of times for a brief period, and he's an actor in the States. He's been in lots of huge blockbusters as a small part actor. Mm. I mean, he's on IMDb. He's, he's in hundreds. So he's called Mark Ashworth, if you look him up on IMDb. But he's been in some big big titles, in some okay. big films. But small parts in big films. That's and I bet cool. if I asked him... Um, he's, based, he's actually based in Atlanta now. But ah, if I asked right. him to... Uh, Faster, I bet he'd, I bet he'd come join us for a, that'd for a be, session. That'd be pretty fun, just yeah. to give us, Just to give us um, a little bit of kudos. That's not yeah, a bad cool idea. Guy. Cool yeah, cool guy. Yeah, I'm down for that idea. Give him a reach out. All right, well, I may get in touch with him. Sounds good. All right, anything else okay. you want to say before, oh. we, uh, before we wrap up? No, I, th I think that was cool. We got plenty of time in there. Got a lot of things. We got a good conversation started. We got we get some ideas for format. I think that's going to evolve. Yeah. Um, uh, no, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. I enjoyed that. It's fun. Fantastic. We can do that. No, no, I'll, do I'll, that. I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll have to do like a little um, like at the start. We'll have to do like a little news segment or something where we talk about like uh, recent films coming out or uh, you know any actor news or something. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what kind of gels. If yeah. there's any like really good ones that are coming out you know that'd be quite good yeah okay cool yeah we'll we'll try around some ideas see what works see what sticks we can always modify as we like anyway yeah fantastic well thank you very much for listening everybody we hope you've enjoyed the uh, our very first dick about episode and we'll um 
We'll come back next week and we'll see about talking about uh, Big Bug, hopefully Delicatessen, maybe some uh, television shows and stuff. And uh, hopefully in the future we'll have uh, Mark Ashworth on with us. That'd be really cool. Until then, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Yeah. Take Bye. care. Have a great week. Watch lots of films. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs>